Welcome to Soul Food Nibbles, bite-sized pieces of food for your soul. This week I'm talking about lunar energy and the phases of the moon and how they can influence your life and what it means to work with the seasons of the moon. Hey, welcome. Welcome to February. We are under the energy of a full moon this Monday the 6th of February. So I want to talk about lunar cycles. February's full moon is known as the ice moon and it's a time for soul searching and for taking an inner journey. Night after night we gaze up at the moon's beauty and we marvel as it works through all the different phases from dark to crescent to full and back again. The moon deeply affects life on Earth. In fact, scientists agree that if it were not for the gravitational pull of the moon on Earth's tidal waters, then life may not have evolved on Earth at all. And it not only influences the oceans, but our emotions, our health, and even the weather. So in this episode, we'll look at the phases of the moon so that you get a better understanding of each one. And when we tune into the natural rhythms of the moon, we can work with the energy rather than against it. And I'm always talking about working with the seasons and working with the cycles of life. So despite talking about the moon, thinking about it, looking at it, the moon still remains a mystery to many of us. And it's been this way for many, many years, for billions of years. It holds a fascination for many, many people. I don't know about you, but I love to look up at the moon and it doesn't matter what phase it's in. I'm like, oh, look at the moon. Oh, look at the moon. It's just I find it fascinating. And personally, I, I want to ask who can help being captivated by the beauty of a full moon and what it reveals. The silvery light of the moon, it just seems to contain that like a magic all of its own. Something that we have an inherent desire to be part of. It's the allure of the moon. It has a special place in our hearts, just as it did with our ancestral kin. Historically, the moon gave rise to some of the earliest calendars. Because of the regularity of its cycle, ancient civilizations would have used the moon phases for timekeeping and it really helped the farmers work out when to plant and when to harvest. And they, they would have counted the phases of the moon. Um, they would have known when it was best to plant their seeds, when it was best to harvest their crops. And it also helped the ancient Egyptians know when the Nile was going to flood. Um, now, whilst a solar calendar gives a more accurate measure of the time and seasons, the moon was still really useful. And bear in mind that even today, some religions still use their moon to actually base their celebrations around. Even the Christian church uses the full moon. And that is why Easter moves, because it's always after the, the full moon, after the spring equinox. So that's why Easter moves backwards and forwards. The word moon itself comes from the Greek meaning measure. So we've known about the correlation between the oceans and the tides and how the moon affects that. Um, but it also affects the animals in, in the sea. Uh, many of the um, sea creatures spawn and mate during particular lunar cycles. And on Earth, many, many animals tend to be more active during the full moon. Um, the moon not only affects the tides, but it affects 
the, uh, the molten core of our earth. It affects how the earth's crust moves as well. And it also affects how the air moves. We recognise even today, it's been studies have shown that tornadoes and hurricanes tend to occur during phases of the new and full moon rather than any other time of the lunar cycle. And there's also a tendency for more rainfall during the first quarter of the waning moon. And even human pregnancy is calculated by lunar cycles too. As women, um, we quite often our menstrual cycles are tied into the moon. So just bear that in mind. We are deeply affected. It is not just um, a planetary body, cosmic body orbiting you know, uh, in space. It is actually deeply, it affects us. Bear in mind as well that our bodies are 70% water. So of course it's going to affect us. Personally, uh, I never want to be on shift with St John on a full moon. It's always a busy shift. Things tend to go a wee bit crazy. Sometimes uh, that's where the word lunacy comes from as well, from lunar. So the moon's rotation, as we look at the moon, we only ever see the same face. It's tidally locked to us and that face is illuminated by the sun. And as the moon moves around the earth and we on earth move around the sun, the illumination of those bodies are different at different times because of the movement the light on the face of the moon changes and that's why it appears different to us on earth at different times of the month so when the moon is 100% illuminated by the sun we see it as a full moon and when it's on the other side and different on the same side of the um, same side of earth as the sun then we can't see it okay in western culture four principal lunar phases are known they're the new moon the first quarter the full moon and the third quarter. Now bear in mind, we're not talking if you think about the moon as a round thing and you think quarter, no, it's half a moon. What what are you talking about? We're talking about the cycle of time, not the actual shape. Okay. The intervals between these principal phases, then the moon can appear as a crescent or as a gibbous, which is like a little rounded sort of shape. I, I sometimes think of it as a little pregnant moon. The word waxing is used for an intermediate phase when the moon's apparent size is increasing from the new moon moving and increasing in light towards the full moon and then waning when its size is decreasing. So when the sun and the moon are aligned on the same side of the earth, the moon is new. The sun is not shining on it um, and we can't see it. And the side of the moon facing earth has no sunlight. So as the moon waxes, the amount of the illuminated surface seen from earth appears to be increasing. And then the lunar phases progress. We get the new moon, the little crescent moon, the first quarter, okay? The gibbous moon and then the full moon. And then it's said to wane as it passes back through a gibbous moon, the third quarter moon, crescent moon, and back to the old moon, okay? The terms old moon and new moon are not interchangeable. The old moon is the waning sl sliver, which eventually becomes undetectable to the naked eye until the moment it begins to wax and then it becomes new again. So the half moon, you'll hear people say, as I said earlier, you'll, you'll hear people say about the half moon, but it's the first or third quarter moon. Okay. So the extent of the moon cycle, not its shape. So in the northern hemisphere here, if the left side of the moon is dark and the light part is growing, the moon is referred to as waxing, moving towards a full moon. And if the right side of the moon is dark and the light part is shrinking, then the moon is referred to as waning. So assuming you're in the northern hemisphere, um, 
that is how it will work for you. If you're in the southern hemisphere, it flips around the other way. Okay. And bear in mind as well, um, you know, the description of this assumes you're a relatively high latitude. The closer you get to the equator, the more the moon appears horizontal with the crescent either opening up or down, depending on which hemisphere you're in. Um, there's loads of folklore as well about the moon. Um, legend of the moon maiden who collects the wishes and dreams of all living creatures on Earth and then drops them into a goblet, swirls them around magically and then sprinkles them back on Earth like dew. I, li I quite like that one. There's also said to be the German goddess Frigg, who is said to live on the mountain spinning the lives of mankind. And the Chinese have a goddess called Chang O, who's apparently stolen the portion of, uh, potion of immortality from her husband. And that she drank every drop of it and then flew to the moon to escape, living there happily after being re given refuge by the hare who resides in the moon. You'll remember as children looking up to see if you could see the man in the moon and things like that. So the moon has always held a fascination. The Scottish believe that uh, a wedding should take place when the moon is full to ensure a long and happy marriage. <clears throat> and other folklore suggests that an auspicious, auspicious marriage, um, you should marry 24 to 48 hours after the full moon. So when the energy of the moon is full, for example, we had a full moon last night, the 5th, it's now the 6th, that full moon energy resides for three days. Okay, so you can still work with that full moon energy. And the moon plays a really profound role. The moon plays a very profound role when it comes to spell casting. As you make magic, though, be aware. The subconscious mind is ruled by the moon, so you need to be very clear with your intentions. Okay. Um, if you're interested in magic and spell casting, you can really enhance the power of your spells by becoming fully acquainted with the moon and how it affects it. Um, you know, before performing any spell, it's a good idea to meditate and to get into sacred space and cast a circle. I mean, this is, we're talking about the moon here more than spell casting, but if you are interested in spell casting, make sure that you do take some time to really cleanse your space. Call in the higher powers and higher energies that you're working with. Um, you tap into the energy of the moon and you can draw down the, the lunar energy as part of it and it will help to really ignite and make your spells more potent. But every phase of the moon has its own energy, its own power. So um, when meditating or even just setting projects into, into action, there are different times of the month that are perhaps better for that. So the new moon. So the new moon, typically from an energy point of view, is when we just start to see it. Um, scientifically speaking, it's when the moon is completely dark. But as we start to see the little crescent, um, we see the first peak of light. And this is a time of newness. So it's a good time to begin new relationships, new ventures, um, any sort of new beginning on new levels, you know. So time for change, being open to new opportunities, really sort of planting the seeds of ideas or physically planting seeds in the ground. Um, the waxing moon then as it's beginning to grow and gain strength, it goes then from this lovely little crescent and starts to grow towards a full moon. During that time, it's the perfect time for growth. OK, increasing things. So growing your relationships, growing your financial pot, growing your learning, gaining knowledge. You know, if you're thinking about trying to get pregnant, it's often a good time for fertility and an exceptional time for communication. You know, so really good time for any legal matters, especially if there's finances concerned. And if you're looking for healing, then the waxing 
moon is the time for healing okay to influence and increase the power of the healing energy the full moon then is the most powerful phase the time when the moon is seen in its full glory absolutely beautiful the time of enlightenment heightened psychic awareness the time when everything comes together good time for release as well sometimes if things have built up and then it comes to culmination at the full moon um you know time when things come together time of ideas commitment you know um time of family and friends coming together any spell work is very well aspected during a full moon and then as the moon is waning and decreasing in size it begins to go from full to dark so this is the time when you want to be thinking about letting things go a time to wrap things up tie up your loose ends and then let them go if you've wanted to change something in your life this is the time okay time of ending anything that doesn't work maybe a habit a relationship or just anything at all that you've been procrastinating about okay and then dark moon when the moon is not visible at all this is a time when it's um really about release and looking inward it's a dark time it's a time not necessarily to cast spells or do anything under a dark moon but there's there's a time and a place um but if you've been in a quandary you're not sure how to progress this is a time for you to go within be honest with yourself and just meditate and reflect and journal so as you can see if you tie yourself into the cycles of the moon you can start to plan your month you know so maybe keep a lunar diary and note how are your emotions affected notice the ebb and the flow of your energy take note of your moods your behavior maybe document if there's any changes in your psychic awareness or your intuitive development at the time and if it uh, is something that you would like to do i would invite you to create an altar in your home dedicated to the moon you can use a small table or shelf and cover it with a piece of silver fabric because the moon is sil uh, symbolized by the, the color silver and the metal silver so you can decorate it with silver objects place candles maybe white for a full moon black for a dark moon blue for a waning moon silver for a new moon you can place figurines of your mythical goddesses or gods um burn incense anything that feels right anything at all that feels right for you Three phases of womanhood are also measured and represented by the phases of the moon with the waxing moon being the maiden, the full moon being the mother and the waning moon being the crone. So you can tie that into the season of your life as well. Very healing to meditate by the light of the moon and also to charge your crystals. Okay, uh, Imbue the mystical and magical properties of the moon. Imagine bathing in the moonlight. Let your crystals bathe in the moonlight. And then you can use those crystals you can make moon water there's so many things you can do since ancient times people have celebrated the moon and the magic of the moon and have drawn down the deeply divine feminine energy that's associated with it every night we see one of the many faces of our moon and she evokes a sense of mystery and magic in all of us she's like a familiar friend who's there every night stirring different emotions within each of us but however you view the moon and whatever you believe, you are affected by its changing energy. So why don't you learn to understand the moon and work with it and allow it to enhance your life?